another episode, Meat and Potatoes. We got episode four of the four episode miniseries. Uh, I'm your host, Wayne. We got Goni and Beggs. What's up, boys? Gentlemen. Going to give us uh, the AFC, NFC, South, locks over values and dark horses. Uh, based on who we told each other who we got, it should be a pretty good episode. A lot of banter, a couple arguments, definitely some doinks. Be prepared. Another tough one. There's just so many bad teams in the AFC South. That's that's what I'm noticing is it's hard to find overvalues on bad teams because they're extremely uh, like they're way far back in the ADP, so it's hard to call them an overvalue. Like their value yeah. is way far back in the ADP, and that's where they are. Who who's the best player of all the bottom five teams? Oh God. I mean, take like is it DK Metcalf, Seattle? That's that's what we should. Do. I'm not going to get into that now because that's that's kind of in depth. But we okay. should do we should we should do that like a, a segment of an episode where we try and make our best fantasy roster using the worst I love NFL it. teams. I love it. I think, little, we, I think we do. I think we do a little segment next episode it. with that. That's actually solid. I hate that you brought that up in the intro because I, I want to. Kind of want to dive into that a little bit. That's definitely finding value with the turds there. <laughs> yeah, we we can do a little sneak draft. Yeah, yep. I'm down for that. Uh, Boys, you got you guys watching any preseason today? I don't. I forgot what you said earlier. Uh, I didn't sit down and watch an entire game like in total, but I mean, I I definitely watch. I look at the stats and I see what's happening because I don't I don't I don't care to see. I, I watch. I love those first series or two when the starters are playing, and even then, it's mainly not the starters. I just want to see how they're doing. So Trevor Lawrence was out there. He looked pretty decent in his first drive. Yeah. Uh, but the skill position players really aren't playing a lot either. You know what I did see though? Can he pick it? At no. Let's move on. We'll, we'll come back to that. At Panthers Fan Fest. There were two Panthers fans getting into getting into an altercation. I saw this. Guess who came up into the stands to break it up to be like, guys, guys, we're all Panthers fans here. Let's calm down. Guess who took it upon themselves to go up into the stands to cool down a few hot-headed fans? One Ed guess, Beggs. Ed, One oh, guess. An easy guess. Steve Smith did that. <laughs> Oh no! Who who is Wayne's? Who who's Wayne? Hey, oh man, I feel so bad that Goni just completely missed the sarcasm. I feel so awkward about it. Man, in his wallet, bro. DJ Moore is in his wallet, right in front of his family. DJ Moore, man. I mean, he, what can't DJ Moore do, Wayne? I mean, Nothing. He's he's a politician. Does it on the field? He can't score more than four touchdowns, apparently. I guess you shut true. your mouth. It's not going <laughs> to happen again this year either, but that's fine. Hey, He's could, not Baker. Baker. Baker's an upgrade. Baker's an upgrade from Sam Darnold. I think so too. An upgrade is an upgrade nonetheless. I guess. I guess. Does Baker get him another? Does Baker get him to the fifth touchdown? I think so. Uh, possibly. And, uh, possibly. Do you mind if I introduce my uh, my snack for the podcast? It, it would be weird if you didn't. Boys, tonight we've got Butterfinger cake, chocolate cake, Cool Whip, 
with Butterfinger sprinkled on top. And it is delicious. Uh, oh, hey, is Bree still standing there by you? She is. Bree, um, you have to bring me some of that if you want the treadmill. I think I it's think a fair trade, Mad Mob. Uh, trading. We're not trading. She, uh, get she wanted my treadmill, and I was like, listen, I use that thing every day, sometimes twice a day. That treadmill <laughs> is extremely important to me. It's it's oh I wore it out. So what you're saying is you're giving me a raggedy treadmill, and in exchange I'm giving you a top tier snack. Yeah, and let's be honest, that treadmill is in mint condition. <laughs> hey, I assure you, it will stay that way. <laughs> uh, it's been it's been a nice decorative piece in my garage since I moved here. Man. That was the funniest thing about oh, when we moved here, Mad Mob Movers is the best investment you can ever make. So we moved, and the treadmills are very awkward to move. And uh, I was like, you know, I'll put it. We have a big master closet. I was like, I'm gonna put this treadmill in the master closet. Wake up, run on it. It's gonna be cool. I'll get a nice little habit rolling. So I had these movers take my treadmill up the steps, around a corner, into my bedroom. And the master closet is through the bathroom, so they got it th- th- through the bathroom, and uh, it wouldn't fit into the closet. Like the door was too narrow, so I had to look at these guys that are sweating, been moving couches and beds all day, and be like, "Yeah, I gotta go out and take that back." <laughs> they made eight hairpin turns. They did. I mean, absolutely, just bleedered my walls along the way too. Man, hey, I, dude. I bet you sat there and enjoyed every second of it. better than than us. Hundred percent. I was a, I was a beer away from just pulling out a folding chair and kicking my feet up. <laughs> so uh, quick quick uh, news: Zach Wilson, uh, little little knee injury scare, ended up just being a bone bruise, right? Christian Kirk, possible torn meniscus, maybe. That's fine. I've torn my meniscus. Wasn't a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you guys have the same level of athleticism, so <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I tore my meniscus playing. Uh, God, what were we doing? Xbox. I'm sure it was. I'm sure because I was a catcher playing baseball, so I'm sure I didn't have the knee savers growing up. Oh, so man. I'm sure it was a lot of that. I'm sure it was already hanging on by a thread. But the straw that broke the camel's back is we were playing something stupid like capture the flag or something. And uh, I was running full speed, uh, probably every bit of 25 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I got tagged from behind, and when you're moving at such high velocities, it doesn't take a lot. So I I went to the ground, landed on my knee, and that's when I tore my meniscus. Fun fact. I'm sure you were out longer than two to four weeks, which is what he'll be out for. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm still out. (laughs) I'll make my return soon. (laughs) <laughs> Wayne's not going to have deer antler spray. He can just inject into the tendon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk, a little injury scare today as well. Who else? Yeah. Am I missing any? Am I missing any notable preseason? Drake Drew's London. No, I had the injury scare today. Who? Drake London. Drake London injury scare today. Yeah. Uh, so I guarantee the more of these injury scare that happen that happen the less entertaining preseason becomes. Facts. It happens every year. Some uh, A notable player gets a little, little injury scare, and everybody else is like, oh. And it's practice <laughs> squad versus practice squad in the preseason. 
can we talk about like why is preseason still a thing? Are we not past that? I I figured we'd be past it for like first string, like it's it's great for like a proving ground people that are on the fence. I mean, I watch yeah. Hard Knocks; it's a big deal for for people on the fence. Yeah, but I don't know I don't know why any team is putting their starters in there for any plays. That's what it is. It's it should just be for rookies and guys that are trying to make the roster. There's no reason for any starters or stars or. Anything of that nature, and for the for the most part, though, we don't see a lot of stars, especially the quarterbacks out there. Maybe I mean, Zach Wilson needs the reps. Zach Wilson's five passes were awful, by the way. Beggs feels so good about this doink bet. He he's on a bad knee. No, let's settle down for a minute. No, he scrambled away after his five terrible passes and non-contact injury planted his leg into the ground Ooh. and just crumpled. Just look completely, completely unathletic. It was hilarious. You know who doesn't do that when they scramble out of the pocket? Justin Fields. He did his first preseason game. Man, he looked all right. Zero. He, he went. He went four for seven. He looked pretty good. But like I was saying before, uh, Kenny Pickett, man, he threw the game-winning touchdown, a twenty-four-yard pass with three seconds left to win the game tonight. He actually looked pretty good. Pickens looked pretty good as well. He had a couple catches. He had a tutty. And uh, I don't know. It's it's just good to see out of a rookie quarterback. So, you know. You, you know who looked I, phenomenal? Phenomenal. Who? Begley's, Begley's boy, Tyler Huntley. My guy. He killed it. He went 16 for 18, 110 yards, tutty. Hey. 110 QBR. Baltimore may not resign Lamar. I mean, this guy was good last year when he played. Uh, that that's that's cap. Hundred percent going to resign Lamar, but I'm just that's, saying it's cap. Tyler Huntley sure. might find himself a starting job if he keeps playing good. He should. He was great last year, man. Uh, I think he got tendered for one year, so I mean it's possible they're going to probably have to pay to keep him. Yeah, hundred. It was kind of like the uh, Buccaneers when Mike Glennon was their backup, and he was one of the best backups in the league. Then he got paid and ended up sucking. Went to the Bears. The poor Bears, man. Awful, dude. The worst uh, neck in football. All right, let's get into it. Locks, overvalues, dark horses of the NFC and AFC South. Clockwise, we got Goni on top this time, so that's changed. Uh, let's start with the... Uh, let's start with the AFC South. I think we've been doing the AFC first. We'll stick with that trend. Uh, AFC South, give me your lock. Oh, easy. This one's an easy one. The lock for my AFC South is Brandon Cooks, boys. Currently going right now with an ADP at the 602, wide receiver 26. He's just phenomenal every single year. He's always kind of disrespected in the ADP um, he's not really the most sexy pick there ever was, but he's been a wide receiver too in six out of his eight seasons played. The team Isn't doesn't six matter. straight? No, no, not six straight, six out of eight. I know of his but, total. But isn't it six straight? No, he, he had a an injury, I think it was like two or three years ago. Okay, so his rookie year and then every year after that, except when he got injured. There was two he's going into his ninth year. There's two seasons. It was like his second year or so, and then maybe like three years ago. So he's had good stretches in between. He's even been a wide receiver one a few times as well. Um, 
like I said, the team doesn't matter. The quarterback doesn't matter. He finds a way to get it done. He had a rookie Davis Mills last year who actually performed kind of okay given the circumstances. And he put up uh, 1,037 yards, six touchdowns on 90 receptions, which is great. He had 137 targets. I don't see any reason why that would come down this year. I mean, he's competing with second-year Nico Collins and Chris Moore for targets. Uh, Unfortunately, John Mechie isn't going to play this year um, just due to his situation going on. So, I mean, that's a guy that they drafted and would – Obviously, I think get some some looks out on the field. So it's another guy he's not competing with. Um, and I mean, just looking at some of the wide receivers ahead of him in the ADP that I look for him to outperform is guys like Hollywood, Amari Cooper, and DK Metcalf. For me, he's he's an easy pick to beat his ADP. There's not really any reason why I don't think he's going to finish as a wide receiver too again this year. Yeah, he's a speedster too, man. He's fast, quick, yeah. He still gets it done. He uh he was the one who wasn't he the first with the archer uh, touchdown. That was break? his that was his trademark. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's. I think I have read one time. Wasn't isn't he the most traded player of all time? Or he's played for the most amount of teams than more than any other player in NFL history, or something like that. I could see the most traded for sure because it was the Saints, right? Saints first, Patriots. Um, Rams. Rams, and Rams. then Houston. Yeah. So I mean, and all of them, I believe, were via trade. So, and it's one of those things that, like, he demands a certain amount of money, and yeah. teams just kind of pick him up as a fill-in. But he's not a fill-in. Like he's he's good. <laughs> well, guys want him. They're trading for him, and usually it's a first-round pick. I know the first three of them, or maybe first two trades. I, were first round picks given up for him. And then, you know, as he gets a little older, that first round kind of falls down a notch or two, but guys are like, teams are going out and getting him because he's just, he's extremely serviceable and he, he gets the job done. He yeah. plays. Yeah. He's available. Yeah. I, I've, I've talked about him on past episodes. I, I He's a lock for WR2. And would you say he was WR28? Yeah. Yeah, that's disrespectful. He's never finished that low in like a full healthy season. Never. That's Not going to happen again. Uh, Beggs, who's your lock? Do you need to chew your 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 cake first, or are you good? I'm good, man. Sip I'm good. Water? I have... Yeah, you're right. Let me uh, <laughs> yeah, clip okay. out. There you go. This get guy. Before you get this going. Let's get ready for the next bite. I have the lockiest of locks. Don't get cute. The 1.1, you're taking Jonathan Taylor. Uh I think this is a guy who has the safest floor in fantasy. Um, I don't not scared away by the addition of Matt Ryan. I think he increases possessions for the offense. I think he increases efficiency. Um, the offense was a top nine scoring offense last year, but about middle of the pack in, in yards per game. Uh, so I think there's room to improve on the offensive side in, in Indy. I have a couple interesting stats. Um, you know, overall stats, he had the most carries in the league last year at 332. He was first in rushing yards, first in total touchdowns, first in evaded tackles, first in runs of 15-plus yards, first in runs created. This guy's just – he's a special talent, man. And and I think some of the volume might scale back ever so slightly. This is still a top-10 offensive line in the NFL. Uh, he's a super elite player. One thing with Jonathan Taylor that I really like and I think kind of holds his floor, even if, even if his volume does dip just a hair – 
85 carries inside the 20-yard line. The second place was Eckler with 46. He had 41 carries inside the 10-yard line. Second place was Damian Harris with 30. And 26 carries inside the 5, which was 10 more than James Conner, who was second with 16. Inside the red zone, my man gets all the work. All of it. So, you know, the, the, he had 18 touchdowns. I, you would think he's a touchdown re- regression candidate. That kind of volume, I'm not sure, man. He uh, The 85 carries inside of 20 was more than any other player in history. Second most was LT, who had 80 in 2004. Super high volume. I love Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, that's... That's pretty good. Like, uh, it's it's not rare, but it's it's always a good look whenever you have a running back who's not only number one in PPR formats, but number one in standard formats as well. Um, that means that that typically, if you got a number one standard guy, he's he's doing it all on the ground, and he's typically not number one in PPR. It's going to be somebody else, like a like Austin Eckler or a. 2019 Kamara or something like that, somebody that gets a lot of a lot of catches. So the fact that he can pull a number one in in both scoring formats says a lot about him. And like you like you said, how he's utilized and how much he's utilized. So yeah, I think he's a like you said, he's a lock for the one one, and I think he returns value. Yep. I think the only other guy that could beat him there is is Christian McCaffrey. Honestly, just yep. because. You know what CMC brings to the table? I mean, he brings the pass catching. He brings the P. He brings yeah, the PPR. I, I see. I definitely see Jonathan Taylor's volume coming down a little bit, at least in the carry department. I mean, last year you had Carson Wentz as the quarterback who wasn't very good. So your options were hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor or let this guy throw it. And I think just repeatedly we saw the Colts opt to just hand it off, man. You can't you can't possibly throw an interception if you hand off the football. Yep. Um, but I think on the flip side of that is he only got uh, 40 receptions last year. So Matt Ryan coming in, as we've talked about before, these older quarterbacks, we saw uh, Corderell Patterson eat off the passing game last year uh, in Atlanta yep. with Matt Ryan. So. While I expect the volume to come down in the rushing game, probably a little bit in the touchdown category as well, I, he's he's got to be a lock for more receptions, right? You think, man? He's so consistent. I, I think he had two games with less than ten fantasy points all year last year. I mean, he's only he's a lock for I think for fifteen fantasy points a game. But number oh, one, yeah, right? When you draft in the first round, you want safe, right? You got to have a high hit rate, or your season's in trouble. I think that's I think that's the only reason he's going above CMC because we know CMC is a walking twenty point game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact that he's safe and really good makes him a one one lock. Yep. Hasn't missed any NFL games yet due to yeah. injury. So uh, man, and there it goes. Yeah. yeah knock, knock on every ounce of wood around you. Yeah. Uh, my know. lock. It- I'm not going to talk much on my lock because it's just unnecessary. Um. Uh, Derrick Henry, the king, um, RB3. His ADP is at three. Um, last time he was healthy, he rushed for over 2,000 yards. Uh, rushed almost 400 times. That offense goes through King Henry. Um, you're not going to see 2,000 yards out of him again. Obviously, his injury, not that big of a deal. I mean, it's not like it's a knee, which is uh, where a lot of the cuts and strength comes from. But the man's back in. Uh, back in practice, back in camp, uh, dominating again, 
stiff arming helmets so hard to the ground he's cracking them. Uh, he's a lock for the RB three hundred percent. And if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, he's going to move on up to that RB two spot. Yep. I totally agree, man. He's an absolute animal. Love Henry. This situation in Tennessee, I mean, is he? does he get the most volume ever this year? He might have to. I don't know. I, that's Almost 400 rushing attempts is hard to do twice. It's I mean, hard for the body, but the coach ain't running the ball, so he don't care. Yeah, he ain't going to do it. You think Vrabel does that to as a former player? You think he does it to him like that? Yeah, he's he's a tank. He's an absolute tank, and he's 28 years old. Run this man into the ground. You have no passing options. Who? who and, and they didn't draft any backups. Yeah, they did. Hassan Haskins. Okay. It's been a sixth-round pick on a backup. You're right. But I'm not I mean, taking any carries. That's my point I was trying to make. You, you are right, though. Oh, yeah. You're – yeah. Hassan Haskins isn't going to be threatening him by any means, but last year we actually saw uh, Henry get some receiving work, which was you know kind of rare. He actually had like an uptick in his targets, and um, if that's something that comes along this year, then uh, it's just another element. He's to a, the yeah, game. he's a lock. He's a lock. He's so, a lock at RB three. Yep, he's one hundred percent return of value. Uh, let's move on. We'll do our overvalues next. This one was kind of hard for me in this division because the division is. Uh, nah. I feel like the ADP was pretty spot on, so I'm not gonna lie. My overvalue isn't too much of an overvalue, but it's an overvalue. So let me hear what y'all got first, Coney. Oh, this is a perfect segue for mine. I have Traylon Burks as my overvalue pick. Currently going as the wide receiver 39 at the 806. He was the 18th overall pick in this year's draft for the Titans, who traded away A.J. Brown for the pick in hopes that he can be the replacement. Um, I mean, my reasoning is pretty simple for this. He's a rookie in an extremely low passing offense. He's not the he doesn't have the explosiveness or abilities of an A.J. Brown. The offense goes through Derrick Henry. Titans were 26th in pass attempts last year, 23rd in passing yards, 19th in passing touchdowns. A.J. Brown in his rookie year with Tannehill finished as the wide receiver 21 on 84 targets, 1,051 yards, and eight touchdowns. Super ridiculously hyper-efficient. That's 20 yards per catch A.J. Brown had to get for that kind of production right there. That's just absolutely ridiculous. The asthma thing, maybe, maybe, like maybe, maybe not. Uh, I don't really know about that. But honestly, I look for Robert Woods to lead the team in targets this year. Um, And really, just guys that are going after him, I would feel more comfortable with like an Elijah Moore or Hunter Renfro who are going right before him or an Alan Lazard or Robert Woods that are going like a round later. Uh, It's just, it seems like a risky pick to me. And I just don't want the rookie on the low offense. I think in their preseason game today, he had zero targets in the time he was out there. It's uh, early though. Still, I mean, it's a little we'll early. See. Yeah, he, he. I, I think he's getting drafted at his ceiling. I agree with you. That's a risk I'm not willing to take. I disagree. Late That's on, man. Say. That's I'm gonna disagree. Uh, foreshadowing, foreshadowing, Mad Mob. I disagree. Fair enough. 
Yeah, I mean, he's got the draft capital, man, you know, and he's going to get every chance in the world going. I'm not, you know, I, he has a chance to get a lot of volume. He does. They don't, they're 26th in the league in pass attempts. There is no volume. By a lot of volume, I mean relative to the team's <laughs> I mean six targets a game. That's volume. Hey, hey, Mad Mob, I disagree. Fair enough. Beggs, what you got, man? And I hate to be sandwiched here. Uh, I, we're all on pins and needles. Uh, my overvalue is Travis Etienne. Uh, his ADP is 44. He's RB20. Um, I kind of have really two reasons why I, I'm a little nervous about Travis Etienne. Um, first one is, you know, we saw the Doug Peterson experiment in Philly uh, with Miles Sanders, Jay Ajayi, and uh, Wes, uh, Wes Matthews. Wesley Matthews, is that right? Not Wesley Matthews. Smallwood. Ryan, Wendell Smallwood? Ryan Matthews and Wendell Smallwood. Oh, right. <laughs> he had the court come in. You know, there was a, a hodgepodge of running backs. You know, Doug Peterson only produced two RB2 seasons in his time at Philly, which is from 2016 to 2020. Uh, you know, he's got a lifetime 58-42 pass to run ratio. He He's a throwing coach, man. He just – he doesn't create uh, – good fantasy seasons for, for his running backs. Um, I, I'm a little nervous here. You guys know how I feel about the Achilles injuries and James Robinson. I don't think he's a huge threat to Travis Etienne in terms of uh, overall workload. I do think he will vulture some touchdowns. Uh, but the main point I have here, man, you know, Travis Etienne had a major Liz Frank surgery, right? Major. I'm going to list uh, some names of some players who had major Liz Frank injuries. Who had what? a sharp decline after? What's the difference between a minor and a major Liz Frank surgery? Because you said <clears throat> you've said major several times now, which makes Liz me think that there are levels. There are levels to Liz Frank surgeries. There are. They can either have a fracture or a sprain. Julio say it was. It was either the majority of the Liz Frank or the minority of the Liz Frank had to be operated. But do you on. have to surgically? They take Liz Franks from other parts of your body and replace that Liz Frank. I think there's varying levels of fracture, and then there's Liz Frank sprains. I'm no doctor, but I have it. You have a donor. Someone donates their Liz Frank, and they just replace it. I'm just saying, just from a just from a surgical intervention perspective. You're making major a major point of your <laughs> argument, and I'm not sure how major it was. It could have been a routine Liz Frank surgery. Okay, let me say it this way. Let, let me rephrase. There are varying levels of Liz Frank injury. It's a major Liz Frank injury, not a major surgery. Okay. Is yeah, that that's better. Sense? That makes more sense. I'm sorry. All right. Maurice <laughs> Jones-Drew, Liz Frank fracture. Played one season, fell off the map. Cam Newton, 2020 Liz Frank Fracture fell off the map. Alshon Jeffrey, 2020, fell off the map. Cedric Benson, Amir Abdullah, Santonio Holmes, Ronnie Brown, and Darren McFadden. All their careers went extremely quickly downhill after the Liz Frank fracture. It has me a little nervous, man. I mean, that's a major injury. Man. 2020? 2020 for Cam Newton and Alshon Jeffrey? They were pass washed. By 2020. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking, I was like, Alshon Jeffrey was in the league in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> he just never played again for the Eagles. They were just paying him money to sit on the bench, tending to his Liz Frank. His majorly injured Liz Frank. Majorly. Dude, what Majorly. if you went, he couldn't what if find he went a to donor. the doctor? What if you went to the doctor and he said, oh, 
I'm going to have to do surgery, but it's not just any surgery. It's major surgery on your Liz Frank. <laughs> well, hang on, hang on. In, 20, in 2020, he was only two years replaced from a wide receiver two finish. Uh, that's, an, that's an absolute lifetime from fantasy perspective. And Cam Newton was about five years removed from an MVP season. Yeah, but Cam Newton still had a lot of life left. Yeah, uh, uh, just dabbing on people when he's scoring one or two touchdowns a year. Look, you're taking you're taking a little bit of risk with ETN, man. You're taking some injury risk uh, because this is it's an injury that doesn't turn over well. Historically, it's it simply does not. Le'Veon Bell and Julio Jones are the only two examples I could find. Now they had sprains, not fractures, even so it's a kind of a different injury. Who was able to bounce back and have a productive season after that? Um, you know, if you're looking at, at the overall draft board, right around Travis Etienne, there's guys like DJ Moore, Jalen Waddle, DK Metcalf, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, Jerry Judy, Mike Williams, J.K. Dobbins. I think these guys are a lot safer plays than ETN. I don't like almost any of those running backs that you named over yeah, the prospect. Yeah, that's not fair, of dude. I feel ETN. like most of those guys have higher ADPs. Did like, you go back the, in the ADP? Wide receivers, I can understand. I, all those guys DK. No, I understand. I understand. But I'm saying all, like, Gibson, uh, I don't, I don't, I'd rather take the mystery box that is Travis Etienne then Antonio Gibson. Um, I don't know. I forgot some of the other running backs. The wide receivers, okay, that's fine. I understand. Um, league, you would take Etienne over Gibson. Yeah, I think so. I think I like the upside more for Etn this year, even though it's unknown. I just like the possibility of the PPR points and the receptions out of the backfield. It's a bang-bang play when you're on the pick, man. It's just Gibson, man, has inspired so much fear in me, man. I don't feel good about him year after year, and it just gets worse. And the fact, uh, that I don't the, know. the fact that the commanders are going back and re-signing J.D. McKissick and then drafting Robinson, it just, it, he, he's a scary play. He's got a lot of upside, but he's got – his floor is the floor, the literal floor. The way, the way that I, I personally like to draft is I start safe, and as my draft goes further, I start making riskier and riskier plays. I would rather, in this range, I would give me give me the DJ Moore, give me the safe wide receiver play here. Because early on, right, this is the back of the fourth round, which means you have an early pick, right? So you're probably taking running back first round, to me, this is a running back, running back kind of position here in the draft, right? I mean, you're going – if you have a top four pick, you're probably going running back there unless you take Jetta. Which you are at the four. I might take Eckler in a re- redraft over Jetta. Man, redraft philosophy going on right now. I might. I, I mean, there's a there's – a, I think Eckler is my, actually my th- Jetta. My thing with ETN is he's more talented than James Robinson was, and the Jags have shown that they can have a poopy team and a very successful running back on a poopy team. Um, and and Travis ETN is more talented than James Robinson, so if we can get that 2020 magic for ETN, then you found a fourth-round diamond in the rough. It won't happen. Not, not with Doug Peterson, head coach, man. He does not run the ball enough. 
You saw it. You saw it in Philly. You got to do what you got to do, though, man. Like, if you got to run the ball, you got to run the ball. I mean, they, they they don't have to. I mean, you saw their offseason moves. I mean, they went out and they, they signed Christian Kirk. You know, they, they got, got rid Le- of DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel. Like, they had to. They needed a receiver. LaVisca Chanel's still there, isn't he? He is. Long story short, though, James Robinson is going to get chance after chance to fail and prove that he's not a good running back or doesn't have it anymore. He's he's you know, they're not just going to start the season with ETN. They're going to let Robinson fail numerous times before they hand the keys over to ETN for good. I, I mean, I, I, he's at a minimum is going to vulture some of the red zone work, you know, I mean, but again, my example, I'll give you Miles Sanders was a second round draft pick in Philly. A lot of draft capital. Didn't give him the ball. Didn't give him the ball in Philly. He had one RB two. I, I take it back. He had two RB two seasons. In Doug Peterson. They hate Miles Sanders though. He must be late for every practice and film <laughs> yep. session. He must bring the wrong donuts or something. Uh, put put too much sugar in the coffee for him. I don't know what it is, but they hate Miles Sanders in Philly as far as the coaching staff goes. They did, but you know he did he did better before him was Jay Ajayi, right? I mean, nope. He doesn't make our. He doesn't make good RBs, man. He just doesn't. We'll see. We'll see. It's JHIE though. Yeah, it's 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 it is a question mark for somebody that's never played an NFL snap with a major injury. Certainly, major question mark for a major injury. The majorist. Wayne, what do you got? Give that's us major. give us a a, ma- a major overvalue here. It's not a major overvalue, but it is an overvalue nonetheless, in my opinion, whether it's by 180p-ish. Um, I'm taking Christian Kirk, wide receiver 46, ADP 108. I'm going in the 10th round. Um, he's around guys like Alan Lazard, Robert Woods, Russell Gage, Tyler Boyd, MVS. Um, I just I don't love the team. The team has never produced a good wide receiver. Um, going back to 2019, the number one receiver on the Jags was Chris Conley, who finished as a WR43. Uh, 2020, DJ Chark finished as a WR49. 2021, Marvin Jones finished as a WR33. Um, uh, the worst finish of the three years was 2020, uh, DJ Chark finishing as a WR49. That's when James Robinson went off. That's when they had a run game to rely on. Um, I think they have a run game to rely on this year between James Robinson and Travis Etienne being back. Um, which is going to lend itself more towards a uh, a run heavy offense. Uh, it just not a lot of talent. I, Trevor Lawrence hasn't shown me anything crazy. Um, I don't think you can really unleash him. And I think for a four straight year, the Jags offense is not going to produce a starting receiver on any fantasy team whatsoever. Uh, guys around that ADP, there's guys on much better teams. There's an Alan Lazard who's got Aaron Rodgers throwing it to him. There's an MBS who has Pat Mahomes throwing it to him. You got Russell Gage who's got Tom Brady throwing it to him. Tyler Boyd, got Joe Burrow. I mean, you can't uh, – uh, give me the better quarterback. Give me give me the WR2 or 3 on a team, and Alan Lazard's actually WR1 on his with a good offense and a great quarterback – over Trevor Lawrence on the Jags who haven't produced, like I said, a WR1 and actually only produced a flex play, a back-end flex one time in three years. You got Marvin Jones coming back, which was Trevor Lawrence's number one guy last year. 
So uh, Christian Kirk, yeah, got signed. Yes, is number one on the depth chart, but for a, a young guy in the league to already have a connection with Marvin Jones, um, I think you know Marvin Jones gets a little bit more of the share in the air, and I think it's a crappy share, a small share, a terrible, terrible share that's just going to leave Christian Kirk falling out of fantasy relevance. I think it's a good one, man. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is is bad. He was really bad last year. I mean, he might improve, but horrible last year. Second most pressured quarterback in the league. Uh, I think his accuracy rating was like 28. Uh, You know, Kirk doesn't give you some of the high touchdown upside that you'd like from a one. You know, he's more of a slot guy, more of a deep play kind of guy. I, I like it. I, I think Marvin Jones is the piece to have in Jacksonville, not necessarily Kirk. I might take a shot on Kirk over like Tyler Boyd, maybe, but that's that's given Trevor Lawrence's development. Mad Mob, remember, Beggs hates any young quarterback that didn't have a rookie season like Kyler Murray finishing as QB5. So Trevor Lawrence is just in the trash bin, apparently. Uh, I look for more development. Wayne, as you were going through and talking about them not having any fantasy-relevant receivers, I just thought back just over the history of since I've been watching football, and Allen Robinson is the first one that comes to mind that was like any good, and that was years ago. And then the last relevant wide receiver that I can remember, do you do you remember like any great Jags wide receivers over our lifetimes. I can think of no, one. I went to, I went chance. to Allen Robinson and Allen Robinson and Allen hurts. It was the Allen gang. They were studs. They were before that though. I, I got to them and then uh, it was just, just an abyss of terrible receivers. It is bags. You got one or no? Jimmy Smith, bro. Or- Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith was a stud. But they've gone through years and years and years and years and years of, of terrible, uh, just wide receivers, just terrible a bad team, team, terrible it's quarterbacks. Just, it's just a bad team. So yeah, yeah Matt, he's, Mom, du- just, he's just take Wayne's advice on this and just don't. Yeah, don't draft a Jag wide receiver. And, and it's, I get it. I get it, Mad Mob. It's a WR forty six. It's not like it's a hot take. Like he's already back there as it is. I'm just saying that dude's a waste of a roster spot. Anybody, and I know, I, not a waste of a roster spot. I'm. T- but in the 10th round, around other guys like that, I've, I've already confessed my love of Alan Lazard. Uh, if MVS. I, MVS. He's got Pat. I'm just Russell Gage. He's what do you, He's probably going to be on the outside, right? Maybe. You're looking at higher it, upside for all these guys. Yeah, though. that's what I'm saying. Like, like Christian Kirk's floor is terrible on that offense. And and like I said before, and like Goni was mentioning, the Jaguars haven't produced a fantasy relevant receiver since Allen Robinson, and before that, <laughs> a long time. Jimothy Smith, back <laughs> just, in high school. Just avoid. We won't. We'll we'll move off of this. Just avoid. Avoid the Jaguars receiving yeah. core. You'll have uh, a chance to pick him up on waivers like throughout the year or just just wait and see what happens next year, you know, when when the ADP's come up again. Like that's all I'd say. Tre- Trevor Lawrence might progress a little bit this year. He will. But uh yeah, if he didn't finish top 5 last year, so throw him in the dumpster right bags. All right, over value no dark horses. Dark horses. You like how I didn't give him a chance to respond? What's your dark horse, Gone? My dark horse is Damian Pierce. 
Running back for the Texans, currently going as the RB43. The 11.09 in drafts currently. He was the fourth-round pick that the Texans had. They actually had a couple draft picks this year for once in their storied franchise. Uh, he's going to be competing with Rex Burkhead <laughs> and Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack, if you recall, he tore his Achilles uh, just two years ago, I believe it was, and Beggs hates that. Um, he's shown, you know, many times before. He's he's named the guys. He's named the guys that have had Achilles injuries and not come back. Marlon Mack, uh, he he looks like he kind of lacks juice. Rex Burkhead looks like he lacks the juice as well. So that puts Damian Pierce squarely in the mix to be the RB1. So, I mean, even though he's on a terrible team, terrible offense, we've seen success out of the running back position from guys in similar spots. James Robinson was one who Wayne just mentioned. Miles Gaskin, this is just two years ago. They they were both excellent. They got nearly 100% of the snaps, and that's what it's going to have to take for him to be solid on such a bad team. But possible. But, yeah, it's possible. These things happen. He's an 11th round pick. I mean, other guys around there is Michael Carter, uh, Isaiah Spiller, who who's not going to be, you know, probably NFL ready or relevant yet. Uh, Rojo, Naheem Hines. So, I mean, it's it's a good potential upside stash, I think. What do you think, boys? I like that one. I love it. I, we, I drafted uh, Damian Pierce in our dynasty over Spiller in the 12th, and I love it. I think he's gonna get some run for me this year. Oh, Dynasty, eh, eh. But my rookie draft. I'm just saying, like, I, that's one instance where I put him over Spiller for sure. I mean, I, I think Pierce absolutely gets on the field this year. Yeah, yeah. He, that's that's why he's a great dark horse. Whenever you have a running back that has a clear path to RB one role to themselves, yeah, you can get definite return on investment, especially in the eleventh round. That's a good one. Absolutely. Uh, my dark horse is Naheem Hines uh, out in Indy. ADP of 134, running back 45. So I love Naheem Hines. Um, you know, he posted an RB15 season in 2020, Phillip Rivers. He saw a really nasty decline last year, would never check down Wentz. Um, but, I mean, Matt Ballard, who is, or Chris Ballard, the GM for the Colts, uh, him and Frank Reich both have. have issued statements saying we got to get this guy the ball more. Um, you saw what Matt Ryan did with Corvo Patterson last year in Atlanta. Um, Hines has proven he can catch 60-plus passes. He did with Andrew Luck and with Phillip Rivers. Um, he's been getting reps in the slot this year in the preseason and in the OTAs. Uh, you know, I think his, his ceiling is an RB2, but I think Indy's going to find creative ways to get him the ball. Uh, plus, you know, Indy needs that slot guy, man. I mean, he's not a big, he's not big, but I think he could kind of play some of that hybrid, you know, wing back RB two kind of role. Um, and if you know John Taylor gets hurt, man, I, I think this guy could really blow up. Yeah, he's probably not going to be on my team. He's a hang. He, it's a little risky. Me. It's a little risky. I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. Little little summary of Beggs. Draft all the Colts running backs. Draft none of the Jaguars. There you go. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Give me a give me the team who runs the ball the most. I'll take all their running backs versus the team who I think will run the ball the least this year. That's Fair enough, right? Uh, look, man, this guy caught sixty balls twice out of the backfield. This guy's a weapon. 
there's value to be had. Yeah. I, I, I'm just listening to the general manager and the coach tell me they're going to use them more. If you guys want to call them liars, you can do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to listen to the coach and the general manager. Some coaches are liars, though. <laughs> Some coaches are liars. Well, what now, Beggs? You just called him a liar. Frank Reich wouldn't lie. He's not one of them. <laughs> you, you know him personally? You FaceTime before the show? Frank's a great guy. Frank Reich, he, Frank he Reich talked about his love of Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is great. He's our quarterback. We can win with him. Hey, listen. If you if you think uh, Jim Irsay said, "Get out of here, boy." If you think Taylor's volume is going to go down, then that to me only increases Hines's value in your eyes. I just think they they got went out and got a quarterback, and they his volume is going to go down. In return for, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with you a lot. Neheim Hines has like a, his ADP is way back there. It's Neheim, not. We're, we're we're arguing over over pennies here. Is it Neheim like Neheim socks or Naheem? It's Naheem. What did is I say? Neheim socks. Neheim. 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 Dequesney. Dequesney. Quasabilla. All right. Fernando My, Tatis. Uh, f- <laughs> the foreshadowing. We're here. We're here, Mad Mom. My overvalue. Um, My dark horse is Goni's overvalue, and I'm prepared to put a doink on it, Um, but let me speak on him first. Actually, no. Let me not speak on him for, first. Um, He's at WR39, Goni. Would yep. you put a doink on it? That he finishes 39 or better. I have 39 or better. You have 40 or worse. You have him as an overvalue where he's at. I have him as a dark horse. So let's just split it right where it, where it is. I think he finishes 39 or better. You think he finishes 40 or worse. Put a doink on it. I would like to take a player that I said I'd like a round later. Would you be down with that? Why? 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 You got Traylon Burks. You hear this, Beggs? Yes, it's I'm just, he's always got to have like get, stipulations so to it. For? You think? All right, you think all right. he's the answer? The answer is no. You could just say no, and we can move on. So yeah, that's fine, I guess, man. If you're scared of Alan Lazard like that, then yeah, fine. He's not going to finish as the wide receiver 39 or better. He's just not. say you're scared of Alan Lazard. That's fine. I am. I've already told you I love Alan Lazard. All right, he's going around later, and I'd just rather have him. That's all. Alan Lazard is around a hundred in the ADP. Th- which Actually. Is- He's like, like 105, right? Yeah, that's a round later. Yeah. I've already I've already discussed my love of Alan Lazard. Okay. Why are you We're talking about Are we talking about practice here? Begley, have we been talking about Alan Lazard or are we talking about Traylon Burks? I'm confused. Goni had the his a weird argument and I think what we're seeing here is the patented Goni flip-flop. I mean, he had him as his overvalued Mad Mob <sighs> Here's what it is. I, he thinks Traylon Burks is overvalued at eight, at 39. I think mm-hmm. he's undervalued. But he's not confident enough to place a doink on it. He's got to start reaching for other players to try and bring them in when we can just make this doink the argument that we've made this tournament. This, so what I wanted to – what I said in my overvalue is that I it's a risky pick there, and I think I'd rather go with a guy around later – and Alan Lazard. That's how that came up. And then you took this all down some kind of rabbit hole I and whatnot. I, I, no, see, 
You did. No, you did. No, you that's, took it down a rabbit hole. No, that's where I Adam took it. Lazard came I from. took it at face value. Bro, WR39 I just offered. is that's his ADP. Tony. So Can sensitive. I, I have to interject here, boys. Goni, I will confirm. You did say you'd rather have Elijah Moore and Hunter Renfro over Traylon Burks. That's confirmed. Mm-hmm. I did, yeah. So you did not just say you'd rather shoot, reach for a guy later. You said you'd rather have those two guys who are directly yeah. in line with his ADP. Verbatim, I said I like Elijah Moore and Hunter Renfro who are going right before him. And I'd even venture to say that I like Lazard or Woods more, and they're going around later than Burks. It's in the notes, man. I is, know what I said. Is no, Traylon I, Burks I, overvalued as the WR39? Yeah, man. I'll take it at the wide receiver 39 so you can stop crying about it. It's fine. Put it in the ledger, boy. Man. Play it, Wayne. Play it. Give, give him the flyover. Wayne tries look. to play this stupid bully ball stuff, but he just absolutely Let like, look at it's his stupid, stupid face. bet. It's a stupid bet for him. You're gonna you're you're gonna I'm not, not even I'm not even passionate about hating Traylon Burks. He just is opposing me and just wants to go hard in the paint. Oh well, yeah, it. listen, you're, Mad Mob. Whenever lose, whenever we're giving each other our dark horses and over, like uh, it, this man saw my dark horses, Traylon Burks, and spit on it and said, not only is he not a dark horse, but he's not even good at where he's at. He's overvalued. So I'm just saying, I'm just defending myself here. When you got hey, somebody man. spitting on your opinion, I'm hey, gonna man. say back it up, Playboy. Let me ask you a question that I already know the answer to. Uh, did you or did you not say it's very difficult to find overvalues in this terrible division because of how far back they are? He's the one I fell on, dude. He's the one I fell on. Yeah, but I mean, even <sighs> you just happen to have him. It's whatever, man. I'll, I'll doink you right in the forehead. It's fine. You won't. I promise you won't. Listen. Okay. <sighs> That's good. Like, in on this way. Bro, go ahead and uh, which side are you taking first as as per protocol begs? Uh, wide receiver 39. I think he has a better chance to exceed that and fall below that. So I'm I'm with Wayne here. As per usual, fair enough. He never disagrees <laughs> with Wayne. Wayne, go ahead and tell the uh, Mad Mob why you like Traylon Burke so much. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you wanted me to listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore last year for the Titans because because their their workhorse went down. So I want to go back to when their offense ran through King Henry. That's fair. 2020, King Henry rushed almost 400 times, and in that time, Ryan Tannehill still passed the ball almost 500 times, almost 500 times with King Henry rushing almost 400 times. He had a 66% completion percentage, which yielded a WR performance from A.J. Brown, and a flex value finish from Corey Davis, who finished as the fantasy WR 30. All right? Two things have happened. King Henry will not rush the ball almost 400 times this year, and Traylon Burks will play a bigger role in the offense than Corey Davis played in 2020. Corey Davis yielded a WR 30 performance with King Henry rushing the ball almost 400 times. And you're telling me that Traylon Burks, who's going to play a bigger role than Corey Davis played, is going to finish lower than Corey Davis finished in 2020 with King Henry rushing for over 2,000 yards? It's not going to happen. I mean, it is. You know you know what Corey Davis had going for him? He had A.J. Brown across from him, who's pretty good, taking all the number one coverage and – 
all that good stuff. He's got Robert Woods across from him, who's going to see more targets than Traylon Burks will. That's a bold AJ, AJ Brown saw more targets than Corey Davis did, and he's still got WR30. Okay. Oh, as he should. He was the wide receiver one. Why wouldn't he get more targets? Robert Woods is the wide receiver one. He's going to get more targets. That's my point, though. That's okay, my point. I thought, you were, I thought you were under the impression Traylon Burks was going to be the one in no, this offense. No, that's my point. Is I'm I'm slotting this. I'm slotting, I'm slotting Traylon Burks into a Corey Davis role. But in this role, I'm saying that... <laughs> Begs. I'm saying that Derrick Henry is not going to rush the ball 360 times. You're going to cut that back to about 320. That's going to add about 40 more passing plays. Traylon Burks gets 5 to 10 of them. Math checks out. And Corey Davis still finishes as the WR30 in that season. Traylon Burks is better than Corey Davis. I think so, too. That's. I mean, maybe, but it's still to be seen. But Robert... Robert Woods and A.J. Brown don't even deserve to be in the same breath together as far as talent. I, I get it. I get it. But whenever they're playing against a team, if they're playing against the Rams, they can't say, listen, Jalen Ramsey, uh, their number one isn't as good as he was before, so we're just going to take about 80% of your talent, and then can we transfer 20 or 20% of your talent over here? No. Jalen Ram- the number one corner is still going to be against Robert Woods. Excluding last year, Robert Woods was wide receiver 13, 14, and 11 the three years prior. And he was injured last year. Yeah, he was. Excluding last year, he's an RB1 or wide receiver one. Signs point to Traylon Burks. Offense, it's I, completely different, man. Like, it's fine. It's fine. This one, I, like, I don't even have to, I don't feel the need to even have to argue with you, honestly. I feel really good about this, dude. It's a bad bet. You're taking a rookie wide receiver. You're 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 high off of the oh, Jamar Chase did it and Justin Jefferson did it. Traylon Burks is gonna be that guy this year in a terrible passing. Oh, offense. my name's Goni. I'm gonna say a rookie wide receiver that did really well over every year for the past couple of years and think I'm making a good point, but really it's a bad Man. one. <laughs> he, he he doesn't it's have fun. to be Chase or Jetta. He just has to be like what he has to be Hunter Renfro. That's all he has to be. He doesn't even have to be that good. Hunter Renfro PPR'd people to death. He's not going to get that. He doesn't have to. He's a WR39. It's saying that Traylon Burks isn't even in anybody's starting lineup under any situation ever. I'm saying Traylon Burks is going to be a flex play. Hang on. I have to give going a comparable name since he's not playing the hypothetical game with me here. Last year... Let's see here. Why does he wear 39 last year? Who do you think it was? Let's see what we got. It was. I mean, I don't know. I'll You're going to be like, oh, do you think he's better than this guy? I don't care, dude. No, he's not better than that guy. I don't care who it is. It's KJ Osborne. From <laughs> who? KJ Osborne? <laughs> it's it's KJ Osborne. Oh, man. If y'all are listening, I wish you could see Goni's face whenever he said KJ Osborne. <laughs> A.J. Osborne, man. K.J. Osborne puts up some games. Would you like to put a doink bet that Traylon Burks finishes higher than K.J. Osborne this year? 
Would you want to put the bet that Alan Lazard finishes higher than Traylon Burks this year, as I previously stated? No, That's why good... would I do that? He was my dark horse All right, literally get last episode. Get out of here with it. Get <laughs> so out of here stupid. with it. Stop trying to milk this. It's so stupid, man. Man, winner, winner, chicken dinner. He's. You should see how angry he is, man, Mom. He's turning I'm red. I'm not. He's, he's trying to paint this picture and everything. It's an easy, It's a layup. It's a layup bet. So, I mean, I feel For good me. about it. Okay. See you at the finish line, baby. Kendrick Bourne was wide receiver 34 last year. Oh, Who? Kendrick Bourne. I thought you said KJ Osborne. Oh, Osborne was 39. Kendrick Bourne was 34. <laughs> he had a couple he had a couple solid games. Like <laughs> real solid games. Layup. He's a home Layup. run threat. He's a home run threat. Listen, uh, we're 56 minutes into this and we haven't even started the NFC South. We may just have to splice it to two episodes, man. Hey, hey, w- hang on. What did the number two receiver for the Titans finish at last year, bro? Okay, who uh, was that? Julio? Well, who was it after Julio? No, it was probably Westbrook Akine. <laughs> Let's see here. Stupid. Stupid, Wayne. <laughs> hang on. Let's Shame go. on you, Begs. For you mean, you mean when Derrick Henry was hurt half the year? Day. Going after after how you did me with the Mechie bet, you're on, you're on my crap list right now, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. You did. We can dirt. we can move on to the NFC as well, if depending on if Beggs wants to find it or not. It doesn't matter either way. I'm going to win this bet. You're not going to win this bet. Westbrook Kine. Yeah. What do you finish at? Let me know. I'm trying to look at uh, snap count. I mean, it, I don't think it matters. You're not going to find anything good there. So, no. I mean, you're looking at you know the main offensive weapon being down and out for that team. Doesn't matter. He threw more than he ever threw. Uh, I'm pretty sure that entire receiving core was injured to death, and so was their running back. I found it. It was 65. Problem solved. Well, let's confirm that it's a Kine. Well, I'm sure it's bad, but that's that's like a weird flex considering that whole offense was injured. It was. The pass attempts went up because of it, though, is what I'm trying to say. It was Westbrook Akina. Okay. So, 60-something sounds excellent. Feel good about it. It's a layup. It's a layup for me. All right. I'm going to put, a, put an asterisk next to this one so I know to really give you crap about it when I win. It's already done, man, because I, I plan on absolutely smashing your forehead in. You you can plan on it all you want. Give me give me your NFC South lock, because I wish I could change my AFC South lock to that doink bet. Hey, man, we're, we're done with Traylon Burks. We're moving on. CMC is the lock for the NFC South. He is the RB2 currently going at the 102. Uh, you know what you're getting out of CMC. I mean, he's he's Let's only move played on. We're running out of time. CMC's a stud. He's incredible. Okay. I agree. That. No, he's I agree. Salty. I agree. You don't need to go into it, man. It's CMC. Right. He's incredible. He's a walking twenty point. I agree. You're hundred percent right. I got one stat though for you as well. Let me hear. It. Let me hear. It. He had two weeks last year as the RB one of the week. So best running back of that week, and he didn't score a touchdown in either of them. He's an How many players do you think can do that in football today? One. Be the Christian. number one running back on a week without scoring a touchdown. He's one. the only one. One. He's Christian the only McCaffrey. one. McCaffrey. I agree. Yep. Easy lock. I like it. I agree with it. If he's healthy, he's amazing. Uh, was that lock. an aggressive agreement? Did you feel like I was trying to attack you because I'm coming off the Traylon Burks argument? 
I'm, oh yeah, you're salty about it. I don't no, know, I'm man. Gen- it's all right. I can assure you, I'm not salty about it. But I'm genuinely, I genuinely agree with you. Moving on. Uh, my lock is Mike Evans. Moving on. <laughs> I put it on T for you. I, I do have a fun fact about Mike Evans. I, I, I got to throw it out there. Him and Devonte Adams are both drafted in 2014. Mike Evans has more yards, more touchdowns, and more thousand-yard seasons than Devonte Adams. In that time span. Very interesting. Mr. Consistent. I agree. Yeah, walking thousand yard receiver. Indeed. Go ahead, Wayne. Tom Brady. Yep. Locks are easy, Mad Mob. We'll just let us get through this. My lock is probably more of a lock than has ever been in lock existence. Uh, DJ oh, Moore as a WR seventeen. DJ Moore at WR seventeen. <laughs> he's quarterback proof. He's amazing. Listen, he's had nothing but terrible quarterbacks and finished uh, as a WR2 every year in his career. He finished as a WR18 last year with a quarterback who had a rating of 33.2. Baker isn't a massive step up, step up but he's a step up nonetheless. Uh, middle of the pack WR2 again for him this year just because of poor quarterback play. It's exactly where he's at, WR17. Lock him in. He's 25, he's experienced, and he's my best friend. And he's my best friend. We'll just I terrible. have that in my notes. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Honestly, let's <laughs> let's move on. We, are, we already know. Value. We already know. I, we we agree on it. It's it it is what it Locks is. Locks are man. easy. Locks are easy, man. Bob. We don't have to talk too much on them. Give me your overvalue, and it better not be my dark horse. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Just the way it's going. Uh, Michael Thomas. <laughs> Michael Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael Thomas is the overvalue. Uh, buckle up, Mad Mob. I think oh. it's about to go down again. Uh, so he's he's currently going at as the wide receiver twenty eight in the sixth round, middle of the sixth, six oh seven to be exact. He's only played in seven games over the last two years. Drew Brees is retired. Jameis Winston is the quarterback in New Orleans. They drafted Olave. They brought in uh, Jarvis Landry. So he's not going to be the only guy any, there anymore. Jameis Winston's not going to be thrown for 5,000 yards that we've seen him do in the past with the Bucks. And Michael Thomas has never been a deep threat, ever. He's a PPR machine. He needs a lot of volume to be successful and put up the numbers that he does. And, you know, I just don't think that the Saints game plan is going to be to let Jameis throw the ball and just air it out like we've seen with the Bucks and uh, the Bruce Arian offense and all that. So... He absolutely terrifies me to draft him in the sixth round. I've mentioned this before. And uh, same thing with the Traylon Burks thing, man. I'd rather take a shot on Darnell Mooney, who's going two picks after him, or Gabe Davis or Hunter Renfro one round later. I agree. I disagree. Of course he does. Are we foreshadowing? Foreshadowing. I disagree. I uh yeah, dude, he's scary, man. Like he's so scary. Scary. I agree. I agree. He is scary. Especially in the sixth. There's still really good like floors in the sixth. Dude, and the depth of wide receivers this year just seems to be amazing. You can still get a very good player in that round and just such a risky pick there when, like I said, Darnell Mooney for just the volume upside that he brings. 
And uh, like a Gabe Davis or Hunter Renfro, we've seen it at a Hunter Renfro last year. And Gabe Davis, I mean, we all know that we're hyped on him just for the offense that he's going into as the number two. So it, I feel like those are safer guys. I disagree. <laughs> Look at him. Disagree. He wants to say it. Yeah. I, I can't wait. Gone, are you prepared to put cash on Michael Thomas this year? Are you going to put a doink on it? I mean, I really don't. I, I won't. Do I won't because because I I understand. Uh, I agree and understand with all of the question marks that come along with him. I just it's think terrifying. they're less of question marks than most at this point in time. All right. Foreshadowing. My overvalue, and I and I'm willing to uh, argue to the death on this one. I know Wayne's feeling a little froggy this podcast. Uh is Kyle Pitts in Atlanta. ADP of 29, so he's going uh, mid to to early to mid of the third, tight end number three. You know, last year he had a huge target share in Atlanta, had over 20% of his team's targets. Uh, you know, once Calvin Ridley went out, it was really him and Cordell Patterson and Russell Gage who also kind of got hurt. Um you know, and due to the Calvin Ridley injury, he ended up playing about 85% of his snaps split out wide. You know, I'm not going to knock. For a rookie tight end, he had a really strong gear from a football perspective. I don't disagree with that. But, you know, for my third-round pick, his ADP is is pro- projecting kind of a clear jump in production. In year two, he loses Matt Ryan, Hall of Fame quarterback, downgrades to Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota. You know, that's a step backwards. I, I think your, your target – uh, efficiency is going to go down. Drake London is a big addition, and I think he's going to take some targets away that Kyle Pitts was seeing last year. I know toward the end of the year, Matt Ryan was force-feeding him the ball. I think he's getting less efficient targets, less targets overall, and I think that's going to offset kind of any increase in red zone targets that he sees. You know, the knock on Kyle Pitts is he had one touchdown last year, and that's probably going to go up, but he still got 15 red zone targets last year which puts him in the top 12 in tight end. So, you know, he was there. I mean, he was getting targets. He wasn't converting any of them to touchdowns. He only scored double-digit fantasy points 40% of the time in seven games last year. So he's kind of one of those up-and-down players where one week he's low, next week he's high, that I don't personally don't like in the third round. You know, I want a more consistent, safer floor than Kyle Pitts. And I think the last argument I've got is, you know, only 48 points separated tight end three from tight end 12 last year. So the you know the tight end scarcity argument for you know you're going to win the positional battle every week, it's the the margin is a lot closer than what you think. You know Kyle Pitts may not quite give you that advantage. Tight end six last year, he may not give you that advantage week over week. So I I'm passing on Kyle Pitts in the third round. I I'd rather have a guy like Zeke or T Higgins there for me. Yeah, I mean whenever you could get Kyle Pitts in the third or you can get Gerald Everett later. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 Goni was Googling something. So I feel like he's got a little spicy comeback for you. Hey, so I, my thing is, I don't think Matt Ryan leaving was necessarily a bad thing for Kyle Pitts. Did Matt Ryan ever really love tight ends? They never really had a prolific tight end during Matt Ryan's tenure, I don't think, right? Uh, Hayden Hurst 
that comes to mind, he really wasn't much. Prolific. No, no. They, I, I don't they think traded that's... a second rounder for him and never used him. I don't yeah. think that's necessarily a bad thing for him. Yeah, there's more people. I don't know. I I, I kind of like him where he's at and his value. I definitely wouldn't take him any higher. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to whatever Gunny was Googling. I'll give it. The floor is yours, amigo. Wayne, Gunny, before we start, let me interject. I asked Gunny this question, and I know what he said. Can a redraft, third round, or are you taking Zeke or Kyle Pitts? Crickets. Crickets, crickets. Taking Zeke. That's why there's crickets. He was asking you, Gunny. No, I'm asking you, Wayne. No, no, he's oh. asking you. Yeah. Oh, asking yeah. me? Yeah. Hey, it depends what my team makeup is. See, but you're basing this all off of all off of draft philosophy, man. There's, there's, we're just strong running back enthusiasts that don't really. We try to find the diamond in the rough. Yeah, tight ends. I never there's, picked tight ends early. I same. never picked tight ends early. That's just how I draft. I did it once so, last year, and I got burned for it. And now I'll probably never do it again. Ever, it's hilarious. But, it's hilarious because you were the eleventh, and I was the twelfth, or maybe vice yeah. versa. And both of us did it, and both of us got burned. <laughs> so yeah. that's the first year I've done it, I think ever, and I'll never do it again. So yeah. I mean, it's all that's running. That's just philosophy, draft philosophy. So if you if you like you know a tight end, you want one of those dominant tight ends early on. I think Kyle Pitts is a great pick there. You can go running back, running back, tight end because because of the depth at wide receiver. You know later on, and so you know I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it, and Mariota is going to be the quarterback this year. Maybe. And do you happen to remember the tight end? That Mariota played with on the Titans? Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker. You want to know what Delaney Walker finished as three of the years he was with Mariota? No. What's that? Two. Five. Six. Okay. It's pretty good, man. All those years. I mean, he only had... He got over 100 uh, targets all those years. Kyle Pitts looks in line to easily break 100 targets. Touchdowns are going to go up. Kyle Pitts go is also better one. than Delaney Walker. Oh, yeah. He's a generational talent at the tight end position. Like, it's just Mariota throws to the tight end, whether he has targets or not. He doesn't have targets. He's got a rookie Drake London and a second-year Kyle Pitts. Good He's going to mm, mm, throwing to Kyle Pitts all day, man. So, What's he going to do? Uh, uh. No, that's, what, that's what he's going to say when he gets there. Family he's podcast. Throwing in his chest. Listen, yeah. when, you can get, when you can get Dalton Schultz, to, going to steal your argument, right? If you can get Dalton Schultz three rounds later, two to three rounds later, I'd rather have Dalton Schultz and take the value in the third. We all would. Every that's, single one of us. That's just would. philosophy, though. Like, I, I completely agree with your sentiment 100%. I'm, I'm there with you, bro. I'd rather have a tight end that I think can be something like that later on and grab another running back or wide receiver, but it's just philosophy, honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's just, like I said, I, I, I agree. And it's, I looked at Kyle Pitts in the third round, same way you did trail on Burks in the eight. Yeah. You know, it's the, it's the same style. I, I'm, he's a hard pass for me in every league. I mean, I'll let somebody else take a chance on the tight end five. Yep. That's fine with me too. I'm the same way. My overvalue. Uh, I've spoken on him in the past. I'm just not high on him this year. Uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, he's the RB11. ADP is 21, late second round. Um, no Drew Brees, no Sean Payton. Uh, his first year without Brees, his targets dropped by over 
Um, and that's where Kamara got his points from was the pass catching game. Um, but the thing that killed me is his targets drop over 40% in his first year without Drew Brees. So let's look at how his rushing uh, improved. Um, he actually rushed 60 more times in 2021 than he did in 2020 to the tune of 40 less yards. He had the worst yards per rush last year than his entire career and a huge drop in his his targets and his receptions. And that's where he gets his money. He's going as the RB11, which means he's going to be the RB1 on somebody's team. I'm sick to my stomach, and I'm definitely know I'm not winning that league if Alvin Kamara is my RB1. I agree, man. Well, it's this suspension just scares the daylights out of me. It's going to be next year looking like. Is that confirmed the, yet? It's, it's just looking that way. They're, the reason why they're thinking it's going to be pushed back to next year is because none of the court proceedings have actually happened yet. So you can't pass judgment on him if a court proceed, proceeding doesn't happen and then he can't get a suspension. Therefore, it's looking increasingly more likely that it happens in 2023. So if you're a dynasty guy and you have Kamara, you just dodged a bullet, I suggest you sell him by the trade deadline. Plus, he's just not very good anymore. Yeah, that, not that is not well. utilized. Uh, again, like forty percent drop in target share, and that's the only reason you liked him was his pass catching. And then his that that's that's a number I looked at, and I was like, dang, the fact that he had sixty more rushes in twenty twenty one than twenty twenty, and rushed for less yards. That's that's insane. I think he averaged over five yards rushing in twenty twenty, and averaged. 3.7 which is back into the league in 2021 you know what's wild man if you look like look at what the saints have added they have more talent now than they ever had when drew Brees was there i mean michael thomas landry alave you know they're, they're stockpiling receivers I, I think it's it's you know you can read the tea leaves man i don't think they feel great about kamara you know he's not the focal point of the offense anymore like he has been before in my opinion. You also lost the offensive coordinator and Sean Payton. I was yeah. super high last year on Eckler because they got the Saints offensive coordinator to come over to Los Angeles. And Wayne actually traded Kamara straight up. He might have got an extra piece. For I, I got Eckler. DJ Chark who got hurt immediately. But it yeah, was just a throw in. But the main the meat and potatoes was basically Kamara for Eckler. And absolutely crushed it on that trade right there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, dark horses. Who you got going? Uh, the Kamara, dark probably. horse for the NFC. It's probably not going to sound pretty to a lot of you guys. It is the newly acquired Julio Jones. He's going in the 14th round as the wide receiver 60. All right. He's signed by the Bucks. He's currently listed as the number four wide receiver on the depth chart. But we all know that the wide receivers on the Bucks, for whatever reason, have the hardest time staying healthy, similar to like the running backs in San Francisco. I guess it's just by different cities, different positions, get the, the yips and the injuries. But as of right now, he's currently the top dog 
all the other guys have some kind of tweak right now. Evans with a hamstring, Godwin with with a leg injury. Russell Gage just recently tweaked his leg as well. He's looking at the number one spot. He's going to get some playing time. He's going to get snaps throughout the year. These things recur all the time for the Bucks for whatever reason. They can never seem to be at full strength. He's got Tom Brady throwing him the football. And, I mean, I could see a world where you're getting him in the 14th round at the end of your draft, and he can finish as, like, a wide receiver three or something. He can have good playable matchup weeks. You got guys like Kenny Galladay, Jacoby Myers, and a bunch of DSTs and kickers. I mean, I think it's a good stash. Let's not forget, too, the man's a freak of nature. He's just been dealing with some injuries. He's a beast. And, you know, if nothing else – if nothing else, so fill the gap, right? So everybody gets healthy and comes back. That's fantasy value. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a bad pick. And that's not even a homer speaking from me. I think when everybody's healthy, I think. I think he still sees the field a lot. I mean, it's Julio Jones. If he's even showing a shell of what he used to be, a shell of what he used to be is a phenomenal receiver. It's yeah. way better than Russell Gage. He could have been. He could have been one of the greatest fantasy receivers of all time if Matt Ryan would give him the ball in the red zone, which was like a weird thing that he never did, but if he just scored touchdowns, man, if he averaged like, you know, six, seven touchdowns a year, he'd probably be one of the greatest of all time for fantasy. It's ridiculous. Yep. Yep. Uh, Beggs, who you got looking angelic. Is your is your light getting brighter as the night's going on? By the moment. Look at the lumens off. Dude, what is happening? Uh, it feels like the last time I looked at you, you were you were at least 500 lumens darker. Oh, man. He's getting tractor beamed like this is the end, the movie. He's tractor beamed <laughs> up to heaven right the, now. The fourth kind. Yep. Uh, my, my dark horse is Jarvis Landry. Uh, his ADP is 132. I'm not sure what number of wide receiver he is. Uh, you know, Wayne and I disagree with, with Goni, but – you know, Goni does hate reading the tea leaves normally. Hey, you know, the Saints aren't going to go out, draft Alave, pay Jarvis Landry, and, and force Jameis Winston to hand the ball off 70 times a game, like Goni thinks. I don't know why he thinks this is going to be a ground and pound, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of I awesome. don't either. I don't either. Sorry, man. I'm, I'm not a shaman. I don't I don't read tea leaves or anything. Like, what do you want from me? He just – Goni hates seeing what's happening in front of him and processing it, and I don't really know why. <laughs> I usually just close my eyes and do most things in my life. I mean, I, you know, if you discount the last two years and his rookie year, so you take away three years, he, his average finish is a wide receiver 12. This guy's an elite possession receiver. Uh, you know, we know the Michael Thomas risk. If Michael Thomas goes full Antonio Brown this year, double birds, takes a poop on the 20-yard line, nobody's going to be surprised. Jarvis Landry is the clear benefactor from that. I think he is a standalone wide you know wide receiver three flex option i think he has the upside to, to be more should michael thomas do michael thomas things uh to me this is a very safe pick and to get in the 12th round uh, i'm more than happy and he's 29 it feels like he should be 40 he's only 29 bro they're like the same guy they're the same archetype of wide receiver they're just possession guys olave's not really a burner or anything either is he like uh, you just have a bunch of possession receivers here. Uh, the reason why I don't think that they're going to be crushing it by any means is because Jameis Winston, they're not, they don't want Jameis Winston to throw the ball, dude. Jameis Winston does bad things when he throws the ball a lot. 
You lose games. They're not in the market to lose games. He's he's older and wiser. Hey, Wayne's about to say something dumb. That's really rude. Offense. Sorry, sorry, man. Offense. He may say something uh, unintelligent. My dark horse is well, might piggyback off off uh, begs a little bit, but kind of our argument's kind of the same because I'm I, my dark horse is Michael Thomas. Mm. I think his ceiling is incredible. I think he's. You're right. He he's not a burner, but that's fine. Because when you look at Michael Thomas, he checks a lot of the same boxes that Mike Evans did. What did Jameis Winston and Mike Evans do together? He made Mike Evans a perennial WR1. He wasn't throwing the ball 50 yards downfield to Mike Evans. He was looking at him when it mattered. He was looking at his guy whenever they got into the red zone. He scored touchdowns. He PPR'd. That's what exactly what Michael Thomas can do. Michael Thomas is still young. He's still extremely talented, and he's finally healthy. You look at – I saw something today that said all of the New Orleans beat writers are singing Michael Thomas's praises, saying he's absolutely dominating in the 7v7s, saying it's not even close. He's looking like when he broke records, broke the reception record. He's back to true form. And when he's back to true form – you're not telling me he's in a starting lineup as your WR2? I'm not saying he's going back to Drew Brees, Sean Payton, 120 receptions. No. I, but right now, he's his ADP is 67, about middle of the six, WR28. The ADP is calling him a flex play. I'm saying that he's got a clear path with Jameis Winston finding his new Mike Evans and Michael Thomas to being a solid middle-of-the-pack WR2. I get the question marks. I understand them. And in some, and I agree with why people are questioning it. But I also don't understand why people aren't seeing the flip side in that Michael Thomas could be Mike Evans for Jameis Winston. Maybe a lot of people are thinking that Jameis is going to be busy running like the triple option, uh, doing a lot more quarterback sneaks. You know, anything to stop him from throwing the ball, Wayne. That's one thing I can think of. I mean, Mike Evans is always has been and always will be more of a downfield threat than Michael Thomas ever was. I mean, that's just facts. And then just looking back on it last year, Beggs, how many how many games do you think he threw over twenty three times in the game? Like how many how many attempts? Jay, how many games did he have over 23 attempts? I don't understand why Goni doesn't think with the whole offseason and the team under his belt as the guy, they're mm-hmm. not going to trust him to throw the ball anymore. Like, he's got he's got a whole other year, a whole other offseason. Do you think they're – like, do you think, uh, based on what I said about Alvin Kamara as my overvalue, they're going to fully rely on him and run the offense through him who played extremely poorly last year? That's what they're going to do? They're going to depend on Alvin Kamara's run game? What do you think the Saints are? How are the Saints going to move the ball downfield? Is it Alvin Kamara or is it Jameis Winston? It, I mean, it's it's got to be one has to take a leg up on the other. I think it's going to be very balanced, just very balanced. Uh, honestly, that's really all I have for that. I just think it's going to be. I don't and think you don't James think a is just going to game just, yields thirty passes a game. What's that? You don't think a balanced game yields thirty pass attempts? 30's not a lot, though. 
You're saying you're, t- but you're comparing it to what he did with 20, 21, 22 pass attempts last year. Right. And then you also have to factor in 30 attempts. Isn't 30 completions by any means. If you're lucky it, for him, it's, it might be like 20, 21 well, spread why, out amongst the entire offense. Why sign Olave and go get Jarvis Landry? Because you had little Jordan Humphrey and La, like Laqu- dude, Laquan Treadwell. James like, has talent. James has scrubs, talent. Man. The man has thrown for over 5,000 yards. He's thrown 30 touchdowns. It's been widely documented that if he can clean up his interceptions, he's a top-tier quarterback. He just hasn't been able to clean up his interceptions. Ever. Maybe he's starting to clear up his interceptions. Lasix. You got LASIK eye surgery. <laughs> Maybe you just don't let him throw the ball as much and you roll the dice a couple less times than you normally would in a game as seen last year. He was just very, he was very efficient last year. We we've talked about, he had a five touchdown game. He was 14 of 20 that game. So, I mean, the efficiency is obviously going to come down, but they're not going to roll the dice and let him throw and throw and throw. If, if they're close, you don't want Jameis Winston to have to win you a football game. Unless he's, unless he's showing clear improvement, which is possible. It's not yeah, like the Lasix. It's you not might like be right. I might be. It's not like he's been in the Lasix. in the league uh, twelve years, and you're picking him up in his thirteenth season, and he's been plagued with it the whole time. He got thrown into a crappy Bucks team. He was made to start immediately on said crappy Bucks team, and he sucked. But you know what? Uh, he, he got more completions. He got more completions every year. He threw for more yards every year. <laughs> he just couldn't bring down the interceptions. That's literally it. If he can just be less stupid with his choices, and, and that comes with experience and maybe a team change. He said he got more completions and he sucked in the same breath. That's what we want. We want guys who suck throwing the ball. He sucked as far as his, his decision-making sucked. I watched this uh, man I, literally. I, I watched Jameis Winston throw a pick, and it's bur- it's seared into my brain because he was in a Buccaneers uniform when it happened. He was being brought down by his legs. So so the linebacker, whatever it was, defensive lineman, had him pretty much. So at this point, Jameis Winston is facing downfield where he's supposed to be facing. He starts to get wrapped up, and he's spinning around, and now his back is to the, is downfield. This man literally just throws it behind him as he's going down, just chucks it over his head, and throws an interception to a defensive lineman. Dude. He's not going to do that stuff anymore. Surely, right? I mean, right? <laughs> he's, he's learned not to chuck a ball over his head as he's being sacked, right? No. I don't know, man. <laughs> only, t- only time will tell. I, I don't know. Go on, dude. I, I think Michael Thomas can definitely fill in the Mike Evans role. We'll see. I shan't be drafting him. Well, you can get value out of them, but golly, this is a long episode. This was a long one, and it's a good time to end it because stupid Begley can't. His mic broke and he can't get it working again. He looks so dumb. Can I just say, like Tagoni's point? Dang, he's back. I, it's in there. Yeah, Tagoni, I got to throw you a ball, man. The league is, you know, the league is going to more of a rushing league. You know, they're trying to decrease pass attempts across the league. So maybe, maybe New Orleans is picking up. <laughs> good call, man. What did the Colts do last year, man, when they saw Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor on the same team? They said, hey, man, we have a better chance of winning if we take the ball out of the quarterback's hands and put it in the running back's hands. 
they missed the playoffs. Yeah, so. but they had Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, missed the playoffs. They did miss the playoffs. You know yeah. who else is probably going to miss the playoffs? The Saints. Yeah, no. but the but the Colts had Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, a little bit better than Alvin Kamara. Jameis Winston, a little bit better than Carson Wentz. Is he though? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Shut up. Let's let's not debate the semantics here, man. Mad you're you're going to be wrong either way. I email madffpodcast at gmail dot com. Facebook Mad Fantasy Football. Reddit Mad underscore ff underscore podcast. We are on TikTok now. Mad underscore ff underscore podcast. Spotify, Apple, Google, RSS, the whole shebang. Please remember, if you are watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to us so we can get those sub numbers up. Uh, we appreciate you all. Uh, Traylon Burks for MVP. Brown, now for MVP.